tired. So tired. Overtired. Welcome to Overtired. I'm Brett Terpster. I'm here with Christina Warren. How are you, Christina? I'm I'm okay. Um it's been kind of a crappy week, if I can be totally honest, but I'm happy to be here with you. Well, I'm happy you're here with me. What anything specific crappy? So, uh, I was robbed. That's crappy. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Like my apartment wasn't broken into, meaning like my personal apartment wasn't broken into, but I live in, uh, I think that it's fair to call it a luxury apartment building. I think that would be the appropriate way to define it. I think when you pay as much money in rent <laughs> as we do and, and, you know, the way that it certainly sells itself on the website and and the amenities that it offers and whatnot. <laughs> okay. I, I think that's, I think that's how it would, well, no, but this is important for the context. Sure, I sure. think the, 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 uh, so it's, it's cause if, for instance, if this had happened when I lived in New York city, when I lived in Brooklyn, I would not have been, I mean, I would be upset, but it wouldn't be the same sort of thing. This like adds to the violation, but so we, we pay 3,900 for rent. We pay $300 a month for parking. And there's a secured package area where you have to like where packages are delivered and it is outside um, accessible through like an access card in the garage. Well, crackheads got a crackhead and they broke into that room during Thanksgiving weekend and uh, robbed it. And that included a bunch of packages of things that I'd ordered over Thanksgiving. So I lost a PS5. I lost a very expensive pair of off-white sneakers. I lost a Switch that I bought for Grant for uh, Christmas. I lost um, a bunch of other stuff. And uh, all in all, um, it's been a very, very expensive um, process. And now I get to deal with police reports and insurance companies and and whatnot. Oh, and and incidentally, even though it is completely, in my opinion, the responsibility and the just absolute incompetency of the complex, they of course take no responsibility. Oh, well, that sucks. Right. But on the on on the bright side, just imagine being someone who was so desperate they had to break into uh secure package areas and imagine how good a day they had. Oh, fuck like off. Like, you made their Christmas. Fuck off. Fuck <laughs> off, dude. I, I have absolutely no. I No. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Fuck off. Uh-uh. So no. I have they, been... I have been both mugged and I've had my apartment broken into and and what little I had stolen. Uh, this is all... All happened back in college. I It, it does not happen to me these days. I live in a, a fairly secure small town. But back then... I had both experiences, and I have to say, I would rather be mugged. Um, mugging feels like a very a personal violation, but you kind of focus it on one person who did this bad thing to you, and it leads to fear, and it, it is a violation. But something about having your, your shit broken into feels a lot more uh, like random, like maybe the whole world is bad, and you start seeing... Uh, evil everywhere. You start feeling like nothing you have is secure anymore. Like that, I hate that feeling. Yeah, and that's kind of it. And it's kind of like, and then like you like look and you're like, okay, well, how did I, you know, like, um, like, 
like, what did I do? Like, could there have been something I, I, I could have done to prevent this? Or like, what can I trust anybody? And then the big thing for me is it's like, you know, again, like if I lived in Brooklyn and we didn't have, you know, like a secure drop off area and we didn't have all of this like pretense of security and they just put stuff on the fucking stoop, like, you know, if something got stolen off of the stoop, you get it. Yeah. But but there's this other level of just like anger that I have of not just like the violation because you do feel the violation. You feel like, can I trust anything? But also it's just like the complete ineptitude of the building, like the complete and utter ineptitude of the building. And like their response to this is to basically be like, OK, well, we hired a locksmith to add a better lock. <laughs> and I'm like, crackheads are going to crackhead. And well, and you're still putting the entire luxury apartments shipping uh, right before Christmas, you're putting it all in one, a one-stop shop for somebody. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you better and, have and, good and, security. And, and, and it's, and it, well, this is the thing. And then it's like, they have other options. And I, and I emailed them because when I asked them, I was like, you haven't taken security seriously. You haven't done anything. I sent them a pretty like, cause here's the thing. Like I can, I can rant and vent with people, but if I'm going to actually have a conversation with them, I'm going to be pretty precise. And I was like, you haven't taken security seriously at all. I don't have any trust or faith in you or this building or this, you know, very, very, very wealthy, um, you know, um, building company like the, the management company that owns the building are worth billions of dollars. So like I have, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I like they 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 are they're highfalutin like, you know, and it's, it's no skin off their nose, anything that happens. But I'm like I have no faith in you. And they're like, no, we have taken I'm going to push back. We do take, you know, security seriously. And I'm like, no. You don't. Grant's car has been broken into twice in the last month. He doesn't even lock his car anymore because he doesn't want them to break the damn windows. So his car has been broken into twice in the last month. You don't care. We found someone living in the crawl space um, at one point, which is horrifying. In what on crawl space? In, in the garage. Oh, OK. I thought you meant like in your apartment. That would have been awkward. Uh, that would have been awkward, but, but still, I mean, it's, it's in the building, you yeah, know, with, yeah. where like people are breaking in and then potentially watching you and, and whatnot. And like, and I have sympathy to a certain extent for the crackheads, but to be completely honest, my sympathy stops when you are like breaking into, you know, um, package rooms or cars and, and that sort of thing. Like that's, that's when like, I, I I'm, I, I might be a bad person for that, but I, that's, that's when I'm at the point where I'm like, yeah, I actually don't care anymore. You're like actively violating, um, you know, where well, I live. Because then it's inconvenient for you. It's not super sympathetic until <laughs> until they no. take something from you. Well, I mean, the thing is, is it's like it's not even about inconvenience. It's like you're actually committing a crime. Like, well, sure. It, but the whole point of sympathy is to look at what what happened to make that person need to do that? A person who yeah. is who is gainfully employed or has their needs taken care of, doesn't break into other people's stuff. I mean, hopefully. And, and, and yeah, and I can, and again, I, I just be honest, like, I'm sorry that they're drug addicts. I'm also sorry that we don't have safety nets for them. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be like, yes, please. Well, take sure. All my stuff. Yeah. No, I get that. Be, be, because the thing is, is like, yeah, you know, because some people are like, oh, well, you know, must be nice. You can, you know, afford to deal with insurance and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, well, first of all, I work really hard for my money. Like, and, and I, I work really hard for the things that I got. And also it's not as if I buy all these things all the time. Some of these things were Christmas gifts or, you know, right. things for other people. The PS5, for instance, was for someone else. 
Well, this um, is this is prime time to be sealing packages right now. Absolutely. And and so, you know, but any but the response from the apartment complex was just like completely to me, just insufficient. I was just like, no, you clearly don't take this stuff seriously. And when we had an old building manager, she actually had said, OK, because they, off, they they offer these things where you can have these secured delivery lockers yeah. where um they're like they're expensive, but but they are in solid buildings and people have lockers and then you have to enter in a code to access the package right. things. Yeah. And she, our old building manager, had looked at at getting them, and she was like, "It'd be about forty thousand dollars." And and I'm thinking, I'm like, "Okay, so you charge a ten dollar a month surcharge to people living in the building? Like, mm-hmm. fine, um, people would pay it, you know." Um, or I don't know, just a thought. You have an you have a room on the inside of the lobby that you could be using for the package delivery room rather than having something outside Detach, that's in the sure. garage, which you know, like we consistently have a problem with. And, and the fact is, is when they're trying to tell me the straight face, oh, we care about security. And I'm like, Grant's car has been broken into twice in the last month. No, you don't. Like, if you cared about it, you would hire a security person to watch over the garage, which would be very expensive. But if you cared about it, that's what you would do. Like, if, if it would actually affect their bottom line at all, they would do it. And that's what bothers me. Because it's like, again, if I lived in a building that cost less, that didn't sell itself as doing what it does and it didn't have the sole delivery place be what it is that i wouldn't be as angry at them like i'm actually more angry at the building than i am at the crackhead like honestly like to to me that that i'm I'm like a lot more frustrated with that but the whole thing has just been anxiety ridden and like and and this is where i'm going to become insufferable a little bit but like yeah even though this is maybe not the best way to deal with the pandemic. One of the ways I've been dealing with this whole thing has been by like with blatant consumerism. It's been like one of the only things that makes me feel like I have control over anything is to like get things for myself or for other people. And then when that's taken away too, it's like, well, you know, there's like nothing that that I can do to like even feel slightly better because I don't even have any trust that if I buy anything that I'm going to be able to actually get it and that I won't literally just be flushing money down the toilet um which is not a good feeling and i don't have any trust that this very expensive place that i live like you know has my best interest at heart or anything and then i do also think about things i'm like yeah you know if i didn't leave my apartment if i didn't if i actually went outside like would i feel safe that somebody wouldn't just be able to break in to you know the building and just go door to door and start you know robbing places yeah so so oh my god i could Today's episode is brought to you by Headspace, which is great for, you know, finding comfort during a pandemic. But we're going to wait a couple minutes to do a Headspace <laughs> ad. Um, So do you want some good news? Do you want to cheer I up? I do want some good news. I definitely want to cheer up. So listeners know that uh, last week I was grieving the loss of uh, we had to put down a nine month old kitten. And and that was well, tragic. Awful. Yeah, absolutely. So I, we had, you know, we were going to take some time and emotionally recover and, um, and, you know, see what happens. And then we get a call on Saturday night. Uh, a friend found a kitten, uh, like a two month, ki- two month old kitten in a cemetery on its own. And they asked if we would, would take him in to shelter until the Humane Society opened up on Monday. And, 
I immediately was like, yeah, I, I would love to, even for a couple of days, just have a, a kitten in the house. And they brought her over and she's a long hair, which I decided if we got another kitten that I wanted a long hair. And at, at first she was scared and she was pancaking, like when they crouch close to the ground and walk on their stomach. So I thought it was a munchkin cat. <laughs> Turns out <laughs> she's she's normal legs uh, once she uh, kind of opened up. And now, like, we have her uh, in her own room to kind of give our elder cat his territory. Um, but when you go into that room, she runs up to greet you, so starts meowing. And if you lay down on the bed there, she'll run onto your chest and just start purring and rubbing up against you. And she plays so energetically. And it has been such a joy. Even if we don't keep her, it has been exactly what I needed for the last few days. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. So have you given her a name? I have. Well, actually, Elle named her. There's a book by uh, Neil Gaiman called The Graveyard Book, uh, in which a baby uh, escapes a gruesome murder and is uh, he makes his way to the graveyard where he is basically adopted by ghosts. And they name him Nobody, uh, which his, his the name they use is Bod, short for Nobody. And uh, because this kitten was found in the graveyard, we have named her Bod. That's perfect. I thought so. That's perfect. I love that. That's very that's very good, Elle. Like, that's, like, fantastic. Um, so you don't know if you're going to keep her yet, but, but right now, anyway, she's, like, exactly what, what you yes. needed. I, I have not awesome. even called the Humane Society yet uh, to the extent we, we may hold on to her long enough that it ends up being a surrender situation. And we actually probably have to pay a fee to, like, get rid of her if we need to. So um, we'll see what happens. But uh, but yeah, she's and we still had all the kitten toys and everything. And we had kitten mm -hmm. food and kitten beds. And uh, and we had already kind of set the house up to deal with having a kitten and an elder cat. And so it was just kind of perfect timing. And this uh, like we still carry a lot of sadness over Finnegan. But uh, of course, but this feels like almost like it was meant to be. And I'm not a kind I'm not a guy who says that kind of thing. Right. But everything just kind of fell into place for Bod. So that's so that's great. my that's my happy news to contrast your crappy week. That's awesome. Well, that actually makes me really happy. I'm really happy to hear that. And I'm really happy that, that Bod is there and, um, you know, look forward to hearing like what you guys decide. What's going to go into, I guess, your decision about whether or not you keep her? Yeti. Uh, if Yeti. So while we had Finnegan, Yeti kind of. He moved his territory. Cats are territorial, so um, they kind of they need their own space. And Yeti had moved into the basement, which isn't a furnished basement. And it, it made me feel bad for him. But he was super content to, like, prowl and sleep down there. Um, but I really once Finnegan was gone, Yeti came back upstairs and was like following me around all day and sitting in my lap. And I had missed that. And it made me realize that I didn't want to do anything to. Uh, force Yeti out. So we're right. doing this longer introduction period where they, uh, where Bod has her own room and uh, trying to see if Yeti gets to a point where he's comfortable. He immediately seems more comfortable with a female cat than a male cat. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I've only ever, 
in recent years, I've only ever had male cats, so I don't really know. He was fine with his female litter mate. But anyway, like if Yeti comes around and and will still be like my favorite cat in the world and we get to have Bod, then Bod stays. Uh, if Yeti never gets used to having another cat in the house, then uh, then Bod will find a better home. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, all right. Fingers crossed that the Yeti become is, is comfortable um, and, and that Bod can stay. But uh, otherwise, I, 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 it sounds like Bod will will be able to find a good have home you, because Bod. Have you like seen cool any of the pictures I posted? I've only I I've only posted a on few, but um, yeah, on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. But I don't see your shit either. Like uh, the algorithm does not want me to see the stuff you do. You pop up kind of randomly in my feeds, even though I follow you in all of those places. Anyway. So. Yeah, I was going to say same. I was going to say same. Like, yeah, the algorithm really is just like, yeah, we don't care. We don't we don't appreciate that you two. Meanwhile, the algorithm, the way that that Facebook works is that somebody who I don't have any connections with other than somebody who I was emailing with and working on a project with right. came up as a suggested friend. Right. Freaky. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, OK, we don't even live in the same state. Yeah. And you're telling me you don't search my emails. All right. Whatever, dude. Never accept the suggested friends. <laughs> Find your own friends. Like that is exactly like one of the prime ways you feed the algorithm is accepting suggestions. Yeah, no, that's that's true. That's true. It was actually hilarious is I created an alt Facebook account once like that was a completely fake name. Didn't I don't even know if I had a photo. It was just because, as I recall, this was a number of years ago, so I don't remember why I created it. I think I, I think that somebody like made you have a Facebook account if you wanted to leave a comment on or on something, and like I didn't want to leave a comment under my actual name for whatever reason, and so I created this fake Facebook account, and I came back to that account, and it had like dozens of friend requests, <laughs> not a real person, not like not a real thing, had like dozens of friend requests and so i accepted them just because i was like well it's a burner account why is, not ex exactly why not but and, and then that like led to other things and i'm like okay how do, but, but like how does this even happen right like i didn't even have details in this account for anything next thing you know um, were you like spouting QAnon conspiracies no i think i forgot the login or or whatever <laughs> but but honestly uh if i ever went back to it if i reactivated that account or, or did something with it i think that would be the account that i would use to try to go into some of the more bananas like oh, sure. uh, facebook groups yeah because again like this is the problem and this is the problem that journalists always make like they jo they join those groups and then of course people figure them out because you know like if you just look at somebody's profile you can figure out what they're doing or whatnot and i'm like all right, that's amateur hour. If you actually want to get into the groups, you need to use a burner account. And uh, you know what I mean? Like, honestly. And and but then people are like, oh, well, that's that's not ethical. And I'm like, it's already quasi unethical if you're trying to join these closed spaces to do reporting. Do it correctly. Like, actually, like, go undercover. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, don't use your actual name. I want <laughs> like, come on. I want to get myself a burner email, which I sadly don't have anymore. And a burner phone number because my Google Voice account got shut down. And I want I want a Parler account so that I control Parler the way that yes. they always troll me. 
I want to do that, but at the right. same time, I don't want to, maybe I don't need that in my life, but I kind of, I'm tempted. Yeah. I thought about that. I thought about that because I do have a Google voice account, but I'm like, I don't want to give that my number just because well, like, I'd they, want like an actual burner. They ask for social security numbers, not for like deep, like basic login, but to get like credentialed status. They want your social security number. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. I'm like, who would actually give that over? Like, who would actually turn that over? It's like somebody who wants to be verified on Parler. Although I can't imagine that that Maria Bartiromo actually gave her social security number over. Although, I mean, I, I would love to think that she did. Well, I wonder I if they're imagine. verifying them in any. Can you just give a fake social? For anyone, That's for true. anyone who doesn't know, Parler is this social network that uh, kind of gained traction when all of the like very right wing people started thinking that Facebook was specifically censoring them and Twitter was specifically censoring them. And they're like, fine, we're taking our toys and we're going to parlor and there we can freely spout our, our, our conspiracy theories and, and talk about the radical left. And uh, it was, it's kind of a a playground for uh, Nazis, I guess. Well, yeah, although Gap is really more the playground for Nazis, yeah, Parlor seems to be more like the the playground for like, you know, your yeah, or, or, or like your racist grandpa. Yeah, that's what I'm talking like, about. Yeah, but but like, whereas like, but like Gab, which was um, shut down or not shut down, but has like significantly had way less growth and, and doesn't. Gab's apps, for instance, are not available on the App Store or Google Play. Their browser extensions have been shut right. down. Didn't like some of the to Mastodon. Didn't some of the major DNS and hosting companies cut Gab off? Yeah, they did. They did. Cloudflare uh, cut them off. Yeah, exactly. Cloudflare cut them off, and I think some of the other ones did too. Um, it, you know, like they they've really been um, uh, they've had a hard time. Aw, yeah. <laughs> uh, their 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 ICO did not do well. Aw, are you being discriminated uh, against? Aw, <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. What? Yeah, no, Gab is 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 a shit show, and, and in, in part because um, a lot of the Charlottesville Nazis, like legit Nazis, were Gab users and were were promoting that stuff all over Gab, and like Gab, for instance, like verified Weave. And, uh, and and then he got mad at, at Gab because they weren't um, hardcore enough for him and he left uh, like the whole you, the whole thing was just disgusting. But Parler, like they will actively censor you if you're sane, uh, but they won't like if you if you, you know, use a lot of profanity or nudity or whatever. But they won't if, you know, you're um, all about spreading, you know, conspiracy theories. Misinformation. But I, yeah, but I do imagine that that Parler would be like, if you were trying to do some like very blatant Nazi shit, they'd be like, no. Um, <laughs> you said the quiet part loud. <laughs> Tone it right, down. Exactly. It, well, that's exactly <laughs> it. Because it's because, again, it's, it's your racist grandpa. It's not like you know, a skinhead who's like being really like walking down the street and, and marching in, um, you know, um, a protest, you know, against, uh, democracy. Like, again, like if you, if you say the quiet part out loud, then that's, that's not cool. But as long as you kind of, you know, say all the dog whistle stuff, that's fine. But yeah, I've, I've wanted to kind of play around with it, but I'm like, I, I won't, I don't even want to give them a Google voice number, to be honest. 
Like, sure. And I have plenty. Of, I have plenty of burner email accounts. Like that's not an issue. Well, I wonder if they're. Very, I don't even want to get them. I wonder, a voice number. Yeah, I should see if they even text the number you give them, or if they can verify through email. Anyway, we're not going to link any of this in the show notes. And if you're running to the show notes right now to check for links to any of these places, you are um, you're a horrible person, and we don't want you to listen to the show anymore. <laughs> Fucking Nazis. Um, yeah. So, anyway, have you seen The Flight Attendant? I've seen the first episode. It was a three-episode premiere. How have you only seen one episode? Because I had other stuff going on. And I was watching Save of the Bell, which I have <laughs> to admit I really one? enjoyed. Oh, yeah, God. it's really good. No, it's really good. <laughs> no, it's not. It can't be. Yes. Uh, no, it actually is. I, I, I shit you not. It's actually really good. What if I never um, liked the, the original? You might still find the new one funny. So the creator, the showrunner is uh, a 30 Rock and Mindy Project alum and a guy who was uh, the creator of Zach Morris's Trash, the great YouTube series, is one of the staff writers and it's self-aware and uh, it's 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 good. It's really good. I'm really angry about it, actually, because it's really funny and good. I, I'm probably, and I'm like probably not even going to give it a chance. I mean, I mean I'll okay, put it in I, the show that, notes that, for fine. people. I mean, that's fine. It's, it's on Peacock. I get it. I, I might try to get it on my Plex so that you can uh, uh, watch it that way. Isn't but Peacock I, free? I, yeah, but I think they have some premium stuff. And so I don't know if this is one of those things that is free or is not free. I don't know. Because I... I have Comcast cable, stupidly, which I need to cancel, and so I get Peacock through that. But um, um, so anyway, no, but like, <laughs> so so anyway, the flight attendant. Uh, uh, I I did see like the the, the first episode because I like I like her, Kelly, I like Kaylee Coco. Yeah. Uh, she's she's good, and and I'm also I'm like proud of her. I'm like, you never have to work again, like ever, and. You're still doing stuff like I part of me just kind of expected her to go off with her horses and shit. Sure. And like, you know, just yeah, after how many seasons she, on the Big Bang? It's not like right. It was like 12 yeah, or something. A lot. A lot of seasons. And like they were well, well, and they were getting like two million an episode at the end. Wow. And she, they were getting a million an episode for a while. So she like when I say she never has to work again, like that's what I mean. Yeah. Like from residuals alone, she would never have to work again. But. I mean, you know, she was they were the highest paid TV people for like the, the, the three of them or whatever for quite a long time. The the other cast members were paid well, but not like that. You know, yeah. so you you feel you feel bad for Blossom a little bit. <laughs> um, but uh, but, but Blossom's also kind of a, a weirdo. So you kind of sure. don't uh, like she's one of those people who like is one of those like. The children sleep in the same bed as the parents until they're like 15 Aww. types of people. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I was kind of disappointed in that too. I was like, damn, Blossom. But I'd really had higher hopes for you. But anyway, Kaylee is super good in this show. She, she is. She's like, she's playing a, an alcoholic flight attendant who witnesses, or like literally wakes up in bed next to someone who's dead, uh, murdered, brutally murdered. And it's she plays this kind of frenzied alcoholic on the run from cons uh, like a big conspiracy of some sort. Um, and 
it's dramatic. It was it was billed as a comedic thriller, and I, I four episodes in, I can tell you absolutely, it is not a comedy. Um, so I went into it with with expectations that were not met. But as far as a thriller goes, it is it's downright delicious. Okay, I will watch. I will watch uh, the rest of it that, that's available now because I did like the the first episode a lot. Um, and I did know it was a thriller going into it because I saw some interviews she did, and I was like, oh, okay, this is actually an interesting kind of idea. I like this, so um, I I will give. I will watch the rest of it. Um, and I'm I'm sorry to keep to go back on this, but Save by the Bell is really good. Okay, okay, maybe I'll give it one episode while I'm working on something else. I mean, I, I, the only thing I'm going to say that like really impressed me is that they have um, a trans character who is like kind of in the Lisa Turtle role, like she's like a cheerleader and she's rich and popular and kind of insufferable, but in like kind of a, a an endearing way. Um, and the way that they handle her character is awesome. And part of that was because they actually made the actress a producer and had her like be a consultant about how they would handle her storylines and yeah. stuff, which I thought was really that cool. That is cool. Are you watching the new season of Big Mouth? Um, No, it's on my list though, because I know that they recast... Uh, um, the character that Jenny Slate had voiced. Yeah. Um, and uh, which is pretty, which, which makes a lot of sense and, and is uh, cool, but no, I haven't seen that yet. It, uh, but, but um, it is I everything, like that everything that made the first two seasons um, poignant and uh, uh, what do you want? Honest is like amped up in season three. Um, they like in the first three episodes, they've covered like, uh, heavy periods they've covered impacted colons they've covered trans uh coming out to like going to summer camp for the first time as a trans woman who was at the camp last year as a boy boy. and having to go through that kind of transition and they've got the, the the weird bisexual kid uh who has like sexual intercourse with pillows like they have a whole storyline with him and this like uh, Lola. I don't know if you remember the character. She's like this super like she wants to be a valley girl, but she's just a like a butch. Uh, yeah. Super giant. Uh, yeah. So they develop like a relationship and it's uh, it's disgusting. Like I don't watch it while you're eating dinner. But at the same time, it's super honest and real. In a disgusting way. Awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, that's been my only hang-up, I think, from the reason I haven't watched it, because I've, I've, I've been interested in it, was that some of the... I remember especially from, like, the first season, some of the stuff was, like, really, really gross in a way that I was like, I don't know if I love this. Um, like there's just... There's a lot of semen in that show, <laughs> which... There is. There is. Uh, this season seems to be a lot more about uh, blood and shit. So, you know, uh, it's a trade off. Wasn't there a tool song so about this? Um, I'm sure there was. Maynard, Maynard, shit, Maynard. Blood always and come on my hands. That was a line. <laughs> um, prison, prison sex, prison something, prison. Yeah, I don't remember tool very well. Anyway, you know what? Last year was pretty stressful for everybody. So 
What if this year you had something to help you be less stressed and handle the ups and downs, everything from being robbed to finding adorable kittens that life throws at you? That's Headspace. That was kind of a segue. That was a really good read. Uh, <laughs> that was a really good read. That was a really good throwback to everything we've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. Integration. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the one and only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. So whatever the situation, Headspace can help you feel better even if you're feeling super overwhelmed right now, coming up to Christmas, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation to, to get you stable and chilled for your day. For a mood-boosting workout, check out Headspace Move and check out the Wake Up, daily original content intended to inspire, you, inspire your day from the moment you wake up. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Um, I am still loving using the focus soundtracks while I'm working. I something something switched for me. I used to be able to listen to as long as I couldn't understand the lyrics, I could listen to music. Uh, so like Atari Teenage Riot and 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 black metal, I could listen to fine while I worked, but I can't anymore. And I've been working with silence and these focus soundtracks have been kind of the perfect in between for me. Uh, if you haven't tried them, Christina, you should. Okay, I definitely, I definitely um, agree. And actually, it's funny because I hadn't even thought of this, but I, but like I was, I was severely stressed yesterday, <laughs> I bet. and I should have actually, uh, and I should have used Headspace. Yeah, honestly, ten minutes of that, you would have been feeling fine. I mean, um, fine enough to call the insurance company. Yeah. Well, I was part of the stress was being on the phone. With sure. The company, that is super anxiety inducing. Without a doubt. So actually, I'm not even joking. Like, I think this is gonna be one of those things after we finish our episode that I'm going to be taking some time with Headspace. You deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash overtired. That's headspace.com slash overtired for a one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal you'll find right now. So head to headspace.com slash overtired today. And a big thanks to Headspace for sponsoring this amazingly eclectic ADHD sleep deprived show. So I do you want to do you want to do some tech talk? Let's do some tech talk. Um, do you use Hootaspot at all? That's like the search yeah. plugin thing. Yeah. I think I've used it before, probably because I've read some I've read something on your blog about <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Like I I use Spotlight all the time. And Same. I don't I don't tend to have like deep folder systems because I just find everything with Spotlight. Whenever Spotlight fails me, and this is not an advertisement, I'm just a super happy user. Uh, Who to Spot can always find the file I'm looking for. Uh, and they just came out with their 6.0 release. It, it'll be announced today. And we're publishing the same day we're recording. So this is super topical. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, what's, what's some of the new stuff with it? Because I'm, I'm going to probably need to upgrade. Well, so a while back, uh, 
I, I think just one operating system ago, um, uh, Apple Mail stopped being searchable. Uh, they changed the way yes. that things were indexed. So now uh, Hootaspot 6 comes with an Apple Mail plugin. And and I use MailMate, so this doesn't affect me as much. But I know that I when I was using Mail, being able to search it with Spotlight was was a big deal. So that's exciting. And do you remember Tag Clouds? Do you remember like WordPress Tag Clouds when you could like drill down into categories yep. using a Tag Cloud? They added that to uh, to Hootaspot. So you can like as a search comes up, you get a tag cloud of all the tags in that search and you can drill down with it. Um, regular expression filters, you can you can filter your results based on uh, uh, a whole like over 100 criteria. But you can also use regular expressions to filter them by name, path or folder, which is for those of us who have real uh, uh, strong possibly sexual attraction to regular expressions this is super <laughs> exciting a friend a friend uh, actually uh, a friend slash employer asked me today to write a regular expression to do something and i'm super giddy about finishing up this podcast and editing it so i can get around to writing that regular expression you not only me but a select group of people we should start a little club yeah like the, the i Regents do i mean i like regular expressions club. I mean, I, I, I like regular expressions. I don't know if they make me wet, but like, um, like I, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, I don't, I don't think I get a whop from, from, from Red Jacks's, but I do, I do like them. <sighs> okay. Um, yeah. So there's like, I'll, I'll link the release notes for this in the, uh, in the show notes. But if, if you use Spotlight or even if you're like a, a Spot 5 user, the 6.0 release is super exciting. Check that out. I feel like that was that it did sound like an ad read. Hootaspot is not I sponsoring mean, us, but maybe they should. I mean, this is what I was going to say. I was going to be like, look, we these are not ad reads, but maybe they should be. Like <laughs> Hootaspot, like hit us up because there's clearly like that's that's what you could get. Um. Although maybe you just kind of gave it away, but, but I mean, they, 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 they could also get like a call to action, you know, they could have a coupon. I don't know. There, there'd be, well, they get more so of these, right? That's what like I'm saying. Like on my blog, um, I handpick the sponsors and occasionally I'll take someone who contacts me out of the blue that I've never worked with and, and run a spot for them after I've verified that what they're selling is legit. Um, but for the most part, I if I write about someone enough times, I reach out to them and ask for their support. And like it's a complete full disclosure. There's a clear line between what is uh, me writing about them and what is them uh, paying for space. But like it, I've I've worked really hard to maintain a group of sponsors that I really truly do support. And I think that's entirely possible to pull off. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So you want to hear my latest Big Sur problems? I do. I'm very excited to, to, to hear about this because I've been kind of waiting, to be honest. <laughs> there's, there's this command line utility that comes with Mac OS called TextUtil. And it can do all kinds of conversions from like RTF to HTML or HTML to text and 
Word docs, and you can do like a bunch of cool conversions with it. And it is always accepted input via standard in. So in the middle of a script, if I have like a whole, the content of a document stored in a variable, I can echo that in a in a shell statement out to text util and retrieve the output from standard out. You with me so far? I am. In Big Sur, text util no longer accepts standard in input. So I have to actually write the content out to a temporary file run the conversion on it, and then pull the content back in. That is breaking so many of my scripts. That's really frustrating and really annoying. And from what I understand, like if I remember correctly, because I knew about TextUtil, I don't think I've ever used it other than like people who've written it into scripts sure, sure. that I use or whatever. But but the the historical way that it has worked since like the beginning of time has been the way that you described, right? Like like be- before this change, yeah, pipe right? Pipe it in, like, pipe it the, out. Like, Right, exactly. Like it hasn't been a if you've needed to create a separate file and then pipe that in and then pipe out a different output. So this is a significant change to how this thing that has presumably been part of the operating system well for twenty years. And the the flag is still there. You can still put dash stdin and and it supposedly, according to the man page, still reads it. But every time you do it, it will say invalid format or give you some error that it does not make sense at all no matter what you're passing it even if you explicitly declare the format it will still give you an error so many of my scripts right and the thing is is that in theory and like there's a time when i think that uh, some of us could have been like this seems like there was a time when we could have expected if this was actually a bug that this would be fixed right like that this would be something that you could submit a radar for and that this would get fixed i don't have that same confidence now at all, even if this is actually like an unintended bug. Do you? No, I do not. Um, and and especially not for a command line utility that wasn't new with this OS. Like they don't seem to be doing a great job handling deprecations and things that that broke that aren't uh, that are kind of edge cases, which I would consider text util kind of an edge case. But no, I don't have any faith that it will ever be fixed. Yeah. Yeah, it, which is really disappointing, to be honest. And I think that, to me, is probably the most disappointing thing, is that there was a time when we could be like, okay, this thing that we've relied on and that, you know, our scripts are written around, there was an error, but it's going to be fixed. And now it's like, nope, well, now it's just not. And that's kind of what happened to Mark. Like, Mark is using a version of WebKit that is deprecated. And they they made that very clear, but, uh, like, it... it it could not use the new version of WebKit and still maintain functionality. So I continued using it, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it, it breaks. And we've talked about this, but it breaks the PDF output only, right. only on big Sur, And it's the kind of thing, like how I don't even understand how it broke, like how it's almost intentional that they crippled it. And I don't understand why. And they haven't responded to uh, any of my forum posts. I haven't directly submitted a developer request about this. But I've gone through all the forums, radars, and all I've been told is that it's deprecated. Right. And you're like, I, I know it's deprecated, but it's it's still, you know, giving me this thing. Like, is there something to work around it? And I mean, the thing is, is that what's frustrating about that to me is that like, okay, it's deprecated, but like, let's say you wanted to maintain your own fork 
of WebKit and include that in your own, yeah. you know, it, within Mark, yeah, right? Like like, people like, did this with like QuickTime versions and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. So, so let's say like you wanted to, to do that. Like the fact that you can't even get insight into like, okay, what did you change yeah. with however courts or whatever is, is dealing with PDFs? Like what change did you make there so that if you needed to, because, you know, WebKit is open source ostensibly, ostensibly. like you could, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I realize, but you know, in, in theory, I'm not saying you would do this because that this would be a lot of work, but in theory, you could take the source of the old version of WebKit and make a patch to it to try to make it work if you even knew like what right. was changed. But, but I, I mean, honestly, you that's know, outside of my, to you other than to be like, it's deprecated. It's like beyond my skills to actually hack the WebKit source and figure out for this particular problem to figure out right. how to fix it. Um, no, totally. Fair enough. I'm just saying, like, you're not even getting that information. Let, right. Let's say it was within your skill set, right? It, it's not in this case. It's it's a much bigger issue. But let's say that it wasn't, like, the fact that that the only response you're getting is it's deprecated. It's like, okay, that's that's not really my question. Yeah. My question is what change was made? You know, like, like what's going on here? Um, and and then you're left to feel like, okay, well, you know, this this feels purposeful, which is weird so have you are you you're, are you currently on big sir or were you still holding off no oh i'm still holding off i mean i've got it on a vm uh like i've got it in a container or whatever um apfs container like on an external drive but hell no uh -huh. you know how when you get notifications they often have like say you get a, a calendar invite it'll have two big buttons on it say like decline and accept yeah in big sir that's a drop down that you have to open to perform the actions on it. Are you freaking serious? I'm serious. Like they added a click to it and I don't understand why, because most of the time there are only two options and they could easily still have been two big buttons on it. Annoying. Like, and like so, why? And, and I primarily, prim yeah, like that, that's really annoying, especially like, that's just, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of this at and all. And they did this thing with um, toolbars, like. If you open up the preferences for an app, unless the app, you can you can update this and add uh, a toolbar style preference to a toolbar. But by default, it puts the label like if you're on the general tab of preferences, it takes up like two inches. Up, I'm going to say like 450 pixels of space to put the word general on the left. And then crams all of the icons to the right with an overflow menu. Like it serves no purpose. It does nothing. It doesn't even look good. Like there are so many choices here that I don't understand. And this is our That's this is our bitching about Big Sur section of the show. Which which I think is which I think is totally fair. Um You know what else they broke? Like, while I'm on while I'm on a tear here. Well, um, you're on it. Yeah, let's let's just continue talking about it. I, I have this app called Bunch that uh, does like batch uh, application launching. Like you can have a, a a text file that makes it launch your podcasting apps, uh, change your sound input and output, turn on yep. do not disturb. It's like your automator on crack yeah. app. Yeah, it's really yeah, good. And all text-based, super fun. And Big Sur broke the do not disturb. I can no longer programmatically access do not disturb uh, because they moved it into the control center and I can no longer find where the preference is in the global preferences to turn it on. And uh, it, it doesn't seem to be 
accessible any way other than maybe I can figure out using accessibility scripting to actually like fake a mouse click on it. But even that has eluded me thus far. And it like that, that I get why they moved do not disturb into this like new uh, kind of utility pop-up. That's very much like iOS where you have like your Wi-Fi, Bluetooth airdrop, right? Like it's all in one little pop-up panel. That's cool that I appreciate. Um, but removing the ability to at all. And it, to be fair to do it before required some like core foundation uh, hacking, it wasn't, there was no API to do it, but it was possible to change the the global preference P list and then force a reload of it. And it worked. And now it doesn't. And it's driving me nuts. That's annoying too. And I also see kind of in our notes that there's, they, they did something with Ruby again. Well, yeah. So I haven't figured out what happened there. Uh, like slight, slight Ruby version bump, but every time I I do like pristine installs of my hundreds of gems to update them mm-hmm. and Every time I get it and it like I can run a script and it gives me no warnings. The next time I log in, I get 20 to 30 uh, gem warnings. They don't stop my scripts from running, but they they require that I run gem pristine to uh, kind of rebuild all of the gems from source. And I have not figured out how to actually make it stick. And I like there's no no explanation for it. And I don't. It could be something with my own Ruby environment. I use RVM. I have like four different versions of Ruby running. Mm -hmm. But if I switch to use the system Ruby, I still have this problem and I I can't track it down. Yeah, I was going to say to me that the the I mean, you're using RVM so that, you know, it seems like you're doing the right thing. But like to me at this point, I kind of shifted a while ago. I don't know about you. I stopped using the system libraries yeah. and I just moved to homebrew for everything yeah. because I, I got to the point that I was like, I can't rely on any of these things. But because I write, so, I write so many scripts that I want to share and I want right. to share no, them I with get people that. who have no other reason to run a version manager. Uh, so I always Absolutely. try to make it no. system compatible. No. And I, and I, and I agree with that. I was just, unfortunately, I think that increasingly that's going to become difficult for people who don't have some of that well, insight because they're going to stop like, bundling like they yeah, announced I was going to say last year. they announced that I, yep that's what I was saying they're, they they announced they're not going to be bundling that stuff anymore and I'm assuming you're going to have to run the similar thing that you do with like Xcode you know tools now yeah um, you'll have to do the command know, line like, install command line tools yeah, installer exactly and so like which is I think we even talked about this on, on, a, on a long ago episode of, of Overtired. Like there's a certain irony there that like Windows now, if you type in like uh, Python 3 in like like the Windows command line, like it takes you to like there's a shim and it takes you to the the app store and installs like an official version of Python wow. for you. Which which is like it's weird to me that Windows is is going in the opposite direction Whereas like Mac is, you know, making it harder for some of those things to be installed and to use, you know, like they're really kind of going out of their way to be like, nah, we're, we don't care about built-in system libraries anymore. Um, whereas like Windows is weirdly for non-Windows libraries, like things like Python, like they're like, no, we're we're going to make it even easier for you to have this installed in a good way. Speaking of Windows command line. 
we promised to talk about Windows Terminal. Yes, but, we did. But first, we're going to nerd out about uh, um, Remote HQ. Because we have two sponsors today. Because that's how popular this show has become. We are a two-sponsor show now. Fantastic. So Fantastic. we talked about Remote HQ uh, previously. Uh, they empower teams to work together as if they were in the same room. And they do this with stuff like uh, you can load up a shared web browser and it, it like runs in a VM and everyone can take turns controlling it. Or, you know, you could try all controlling it at once. Uh, I, I've not had enough people to make that go disastrously wrong yet. But the idea is that you can take turns going through whatever kind of web based application or if you're sharing a web design even. Um any website becomes instantly collaborative and multiple people can click, scroll, and type if I were to do the actual read. Um, you can mix and match a bunch of different apps on the screen at any given time, and you can minimize them off to the sidebar so you can have uh, like Google Docs, uh, Dropbox Share, Trello Board, all while still being able to see video of your teammates. Um, you can customize every room by adding more apps to it, and the layout is super flexible for every meeting's unique needs. Emphasize an important document, focus on faces, or just keep watch over it all. Um, they just added session recordings. So when you set up your meeting room and you have all your apps ready and you're ready to start a presentation, uh, you can record that. And all, all of your uh, rooms that you have meetings in, you can have recordings for. And they've added a mobile mode. So it's view only if you're on iOS, but you can at least attend meetings from your iPhone, which is pretty cool. Um, you get a searchable digital trail, automatically capturing session output. Notes from every meeting are logged and saved to that specific event. And it's kind of a big deal. There's no software to download. Uh, Web-based, uh, there's no need for any software to be installed on all of your end users' Macs. So everyone in your meeting just needs a web browser. And, uh, and it can't perform any malicious actions on your computer. Uh, the meeting rooms can be locked and used by authenticated users only, uh, which is more secure than having a single password for the meeting. And uh, with app persistence, you can easily save your page layouts and save your work across recurring meetings. Uh, simply toggle a switch and you can automatically carry over content from one meeting to the next so you can immediately pick up where you left off. So if you want to check this out, Head to remotehq.co slash overtired for a free 30-day trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the code overtired and get the next three months for free. Uh, I highly recommend that anyone who is maybe disillusioned with Slack uh, wants a, a simple and powerful uh, meeting a method for meeting with all of their employees or coworkers, check out Remote HQ. For sure. I didn't involve you in that read at all. That's okay. We're 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 almost at time, and I really wanted to hear you talk about Windows Terminal. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Windows Terminal it launched at or was officially announced at Microsoft Build 2018, I guess, and it officially launched at um, Build, I guess, um, 2019. I want to say. Anyway, it's it's been out for. Um, it, it was kind of in beta. I think it's at like version 1.5 now, but it's it's been out for a couple of years now, and it's really really good. Like it's one of those things where I think the original 
trailer, Simone de Rochefort, like, called it the sexy terminal and was actually really into it. And, like, it was one of those things where I knew instantly that it was going to be, like, the hit of the conference. But I don't think the marketing people knew. <laughs> like, I think that everybody <laughs> was kind of surprised that? that, like... Right. Well, because exactly. I'm like, it's a developer conference. This is going to be a big breakout thing. Uh, but the the team who's worked behind it, I think I talked about this last week when I, you know, trolled the, the team with my pull request, um, or my feature request, rather, uh, with adding stories to it. The uh, the impetus was really to kind of create an iTerm 2 for Windows. Yeah. And, and that's really kind of been their goal. And what it basically is, is that it's, you know, a brand new... Um, shell that brings all the windows shells together so you have your wsl or windows subsystem for linux um or you know um uh, shell so like your bash shell or you know z shell or, or whatever shell you're using um with your your wsl install uh powershell and uh the traditional command line all in one place there's also if you wanted to use like azure's uh, cloud shell to remote access azure stuff like that's there too which is also a, a a bash um instance in most cases but it's all lives in one place and you can have different you can have multiple tabs you can have different environments um you know per thing um there are a lot of different settings you can kind of uh you know get in on um and and they've really kind of going out of their way to do to make it as flexible as possible and it's really awesome i have to say like it's become my favorite way to do with anything from the command line from a windows perspective because you don't have to because with wsl you don't have to you deal with sigwin or anything like that you know you you can have like your bash utilities and and all of your you know linux stuff but also interface with um you know your windows stuff too so if you're in a a, a windows app like like uh, visual studio code you can use the remote extension to be accessing everything from the wsl side and actually be using the native windows app but be using you know bash commands to um, and utilities to, um, you know, deal with, with any of your, you know, Linux server stuff, um, all, all in like the same interface. So I don't know. I'm a huge fan of, of Windows Terminal. It's really kind of opened up my eyes to, um, like you can tell that people are, I mean, I don't know if I could ever make Windows my, my full-time operating system, but this is one of those things that definitely, I think makes it a lot more palatable for a lot more people. And they have, you know, various modes where if you want to have tiled mode, for instance, to, you know, and different themes for, for different shells or different profiles, you can do that. You can have custom actions if you want to, um, you know, so if you have, like, if you want a specific keyboard shortcut, you can change it to, to whatever you prefer. Uh, you know, they use like GPU accelerated text rendering. So the text stuff looks really good. Uh, background image support, if you want to make things look really um sexy and really like pimp things out i'm a big fan nice i remember but the terminals i used to run in linux back in the 90s uh those background images were a big deal no that's exactly <laughs> it and that's kind of coming back again i actually did a, a session at microsoft ignite 2019 called pimp uh pimp my terminal <laughs> which was all about how you could and i believe i used like a taylor swift image as my background of course you did of course hey, I did. Hey, we, yeah, we, we have, like we have it, minutes left in the show and you managed to get Taylor Swift in. I know. Amazing. I know. I don't know. But the pain support is really good. I don't know when the anyway. last time you used iTerm2 was. Um it's gotten Yesterday? Yeah, okay. 
it's gotten insane with the number of options and and tools and customizations it has. So I would guess, not having used it, I would guess Windows Terminal has some catching up to do. But also, like yeah. iTerm 2 is almost so, so insane now that, like, I would say I use actively maybe 20% of its total feature set these days. Right. I'm, I'm the same way. And and it's it does have some catching up to do for some of that stuff. But the fact that it is like, again, like that's their goal, right? Like, it's not like they're saying we're going to be, you know, as good as this. They're more like this is this is what we're aspiring towards, I think, is is a good thing. I can um, I can have I term to switch my uh, like color theme and change background color when it detects that I've uh, SSH into different servers so i can have a different color for every server i'm currently sshed into and that's nuts yeah yeah i agree i agree um there's also i think we might have talked about this at one point but they they did create a new font that's open source but specifically for the terminal called cascadia code oh. which is which is really which is a really really good monospace font i do um, love a good monospace font and they have they have a version with both uh ligatures and without nice and um yeah and and that's that's pretty cool they also like basically you know made it easy so that if you want to add like the power line you know stuff to it you can um so like the code ligature uh, the code variant has ligatures and then the mono variant um doesn't have them but but it's open source and it's it's really nice i also love a good monospace font but they created a a font specifically for the terminal what's it called uh, again but it's also open source cascadia all right i will uh I will both link that and download it. That sounds exciting. Um, have you ever seen a font called Atkinson Hyperlegible? No, I haven't. It, I'll, I'll link that one as well. It is uh, a very kind of basic looking font designed like with uh, dyslexia in mind, but not like, like uh, what is that? There's a open dyslexic like that one. It's a, it, that one's a funny looking font designed to like keep your eye weighted to the the line itself. But this one is just a super like the way they shaped all the letters and everything is designed to be what like it says hyper legible. Uh, we've embedded it in NV Ultra as a default font now because we like it so much. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I will. I, I love good. I mean, we could talk about programming fonts all day. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that could be a whole show. I'm still into uh, I'm still into uh, uh, JetBrains. JetBrains Mono. That's my JetBrains Mono is really good. I like JetBrains Mono. I like Cascadia a lot. I obviously like Operator, the the uh, the Hofler font uh, that I paid way too much money for. Um, but I like that one a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one that one costs some money. Yeah, it does. I actually, it, this is, I probably shouldn't admit this. I think I split the cost with someone. I think that we like, <laughs> like split the license. Yeah, fee. I think that's fair. Uh, I mean, like, I'm not using it in like creating anything. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like, I'm not using it in any of my graphic designs yeah. or anything. It's like, it's like, I'm using this in my, in my text editor or my terminal. Like, come on. Yeah. I, I, I can't see them complaining about that. Yeah, there's another good one called Dank Mono, which I think also costs money, but it's like $9, so it's not a lot. Um, yeah. All right. Well, it looks like our show notes are going to be half uh, half mono fonts. So Again, it could be a whole episode of a show. It could be. Maybe we should avoid that because talking about monospace fonts 
probably doesn't make great radio. Unless you can have like yeah, really flowery descriptions of monospace fonts. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't really make good radio. You're right. You're right. Uh, I mean, I bet somebody could make it work. Like Ira Glass could make it work. But if you could do it like wine snobs style and talk about like it has notes of this and and the aftertaste and. Uh-huh. And, and hints of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. OK. Okay. All right. Well, thanks to uh, to our sponsors this week. And Christina, I'm really sorry about your your robbery. Thank you. And I'm very happy about about Baud. Um, that that makes me really happy. Yeah. Stay tuned for more pictures. I definitely will. I definitely will. All right, Brett. We'll get some sleep. Get some sleep, Christina. The system is going down now.